You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Two Chunks in a Hunk, a movie podcast where we give pumps and dumps. Welcome to Two Chunks and a Hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders, and this week, I'm your chunk. I'm Doge, and Ferris Bueller, you're my chunk. (laughs) When Carter was in Egypt land, let my hunky go. Carter, I noticed that you said you were the hunk. What's up? Why are you? It was perfect. I'll tell you why. Okay. That's tell why. Us. Okay. Perfect. Tell why. me. I, so I saw Fiddler on the Roof last night and I'm walking into the Dallas Summer Musicals, Fair Park, mm-hmm. whatever you call it, theater, anticipating. I, I don't know. I was like trying not to get my hopes up because I knew Fiddler on the Roof is where y'all's hunkdom came from. Yeah. True. It was yeah. the bathroom incident. Yes. And that's what happened. And so I was like, maybe it's going to happen to me. And I can't tell you, I didn't even, I couldn't even get past security before it happened to me. And it happened to me twice. Whoa. So here's what happens. When you are, and and I was just talking to Chelsea as we were walking in about the crowd generationally, because you said, you know, with Fiddler on the Roof, it's a classic. Most right, of the people were older. Yeah. And this is the kind of generation to where if you're around enough of them and you're wearing some brown boots, not like cowboy boots, some like worn brown boots, yeah. like I was jeans, mm-hmm. and just a plain white t-shirt, everyone thinks you're Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> so okay. security, I'm going through security, <laughs> and I get called the boss. Wow. And then I'm in the bathroom. Oh, no. And someone was so taken aback in the urinal next to me, they were like, hey, Bruce, good to see you. Like... And then they said boss again before I left the bathroom. And I'm just cracking up to Chelsea. I'm like, Chelsea. <laughs> what? I, evidently, I got some boss vibes right now. Did you, did you have like 
a pack of cigs rolled up in no. your white t-shirt sleeve or something? <laughs> no. Like, what's going on? No, not at all. But I was, I got two. The first two, only two, <laughs> comparisons to Bruce Springsteen in my life within four minutes of each other. Did you feel like you were born to see Fiddler on the Roof? Basically. <laughs> yeah. I, that, that was going to be my next question. Where were you in the bathroom? Like, I know. Well, here's what's funny. I come to the music hall. So you know the song, The River? Yeah. Okay. That's my favorite Bruce Springsteen song. But for some reason, the only part that I can do somewhat <laughs> of an impersonation of Bruce Springsteen is in that part when he's like, and that's what kept going over and over in my head was like, uh, Got a union card and a wedding card. <laughs> like, that's the only part that kept going. <laughs> but I'm just kind of like humming to myself, like, down to the river. Like, the whole time I'm there, uh, it was great. I felt like a celebrity. <laughs> and all it took was two people. Um, Your bathroom Bruce, baby. They were like, bathroom Bruce. Oh, okay, boss. Like, the guy who's security line was guy. Oh, we got the boss right here. And I was like, boss? And I looked down. It would have taken me a minute for I know. Sure. And then I looked down and I was like, is that a... But then I got a Bruce. And I was like, okay. Is that when it clicked? Is yeah. that when you were I was like, like okay. oh my God. Guy. Dude, what the heck? Isn't that fun? That's crazy. That would not be my first thought. No way. Of, no. Know, white t-shirt, jeans, and boots. I, no. Let us know, listeners, if that would be any of your first thought. <laughs> that does not <laughs> seem like a really, so. a very reasonable seems like a leap, leap to me. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. But, yeah, I just felt in charge yeah. the rest of the night. Because <laughs> you're the boss. Because I was kind of hey, telling everybody what, what to do. decade was Bruce big in? He's big in the 80s. 80s. He's big in several decades, TBH. Sure, yeah. but the biggest. Probably was the 80s. Before the 80s. 2019, the 80s. Yeah, before, before right <laughs> before now, right the, now the 80s. He's pretty timeless. The 80s. You know who else was big in the 80s? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. John Hughes. Sting. Oh, oh, yeah, and Sting. <laughs> yeah. But also John Hughes. Yes. And he directed the movie we're talking about today. Yes. Which is known as Ferris Bueller's Day, Day Off. Off. Man, I am... I. Ferris Bueller's No Good, Very Bad Day. What is it? <laughs> I just feel like we have had so many movies recently that have a colon that I'm, I either need to say, I feel like I need to say colon. the rest of the title after. Yeah. Right. Or hey. something presents. But hey. it's just Ferris Bueller's Day Off, like a normal movie title. Ferris Bueller has a colon, though. He for he's a person. sure he's has a person. A, Actually, we don't know sure that. He sure has a colon. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's my dump. My uh, super no, dump. He has his shirt off. We Does he that. have a colon? We know that. There's no bag. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, would you teach me a quick lesson, Doge? I would. A lesson on... The, give me Ferris 101. Give me a synopsis of this bad boy. And before you do give us that synopsis, I guess we should probably say, this is part two of our Back to School series. Love yeah, it. it sure is. Ring, ring. You're late for class. Well, and... <laughs> <laughs> As uh -huh. part of our back to school special today, we're we're actually running a huge sale on synopsi. What's the plural of synopsis? Synopsi. Synopsi. We're running a special on those, and you can get two for and the price of boxes. one. So let me hit you with our first ever double synopsis. There are two good ones on IMDb, and I couldn't pick which one. Is it tax free? It's tax free weekend, <laughs> wow. baby. Oh. Rob Hartill writes. Rob Hartill. Ferris is a streetwise kid who knows all the tricks. What's happening? We're already Street way man. off track. <laughs> Today, he decides to take the day off school. When Ferris takes Fully the day off, so must his best closer. friends Cameron and Sloan. Cameron is reluctantly persuaded to borrow his father's Ferrari, and together they hatch a plan to get Sloan out of class. Suspicious dean of students Ed Rooney knows all about Ferris, but can never catch him. 
Ferris' sister Jeannie is also frustrated that Ferris always gets away with his tricks and she doesn't. Furthermore, Ferris is an angel in his parents' eyes. It's Ferris' day off, he's out to enjoy himself, and he does. <laughs> but wait, don't leave yet. We're going to throw in a free synopsis from Commander Blue. Who <laughs> Commander writes, Blue? Who writes, Ferris Bueller has played hooky numbers of times, and this time he's got the entire school and more believing he is on the verge of death. On this special day off, Ferris invites his friend Cameron Fry and his girlfriend Sloane Peterson to his day of fun while taking Cameron's father's precious Ferrari for transportation. All the while, the principal Ed Rooney is determined to prove Ferris is faking his illness and Ferris's agitated sister Jeannie also has a goal to catch Ferris off guard. Ferris enjoys his day with his friends until the mileage of the Ferrari reads one too many miles driven and Cameron has a blowout. One too many, huh? One too That's many miles. That's the end. That's the end. Interesting. Apparently. So we, yeah. The so last I Wi-Fi. Like we might not even need to review it. Probably I think not. We have a pretty thorough understanding yeah. at this point of Ferris Bueller's fun day <laughs> where he skips school. So to close today, I guess. The, <laughs> so Ferris Bueller is such a good movie. And it's weird because it's kind of about nothing. Mm. Uh-huh. A little bit. Like, this movie is almost all atmosphere. The movie, to me, this is, like, one of the clearest distillations of a movie that's completely about a feeling. Right, Like, yes. this movie is completely about what it feels like to be 17 in April of your senior year. Yes. You know what I mean? 100%. Ben Stein, I'm reading this. Yes. Bueller. Was, was exceptionally moved by the film, calling it the most life-affirming movie possibly, of the entire post-war period. Jeez. This is to comedies what Gone with the Wind is to epics, Stein wow. added. Wow. It will never die because it responds to and calls forth such human emotions. It isn't dirty. There's nothing mean-spirited about it. There's nothing sneering or sniggering about it. It's just wholesome. We want to be free. We want to have a good time. We know we're not going to be able to all of our lives. We know we're going to have to buckle down and work we know we're going to have to eventually become family men and women and have responsibilities and pay our bills, but just give us a couple of good days that we can look back on. Ben. Wow. Very oh, good. That's incredible. Gosh. He's Full right, body chills right now. I mean, by he's, the way. he's totally right. We're what, 30 years on from this movie? Yeah. Even a little more? 33. Yeah. yeah that's exactly what it is. It's still just as good. Yep. And there was, now, did there end up being a sequel? No, they, t- there was they a, kicked th- it around. There was a TV show. Okay, so there, there was really? there was with none of the cast, but Jennifer Aniston played Jeannie. Okay. Weird. Yeah. Um, another Jennifer. That was a, uh, mm-hmm. one of the trivia's that I read that I really enjoyed because it was not Matthew Broderick's call, but he was a big. Well, you uh, can't do it without he, him. Well, and he was in the camp of saying like, no, it needs to be something that people can reference back to. Like he's like, we we don't need to put this in another generation or another era, it needs to be right here in the 80s where yeah, it belongs. Yeah. Is this movie possible without Matthew Broderick? No, I don't think so. I don't either. He is so uniquely charming yes. to yes. me. I don't know what to say. I don't know. He, like, seeing Ferris Bueller's Day Off feels like the biggest resume. Like, how do I how do I phrase this? So he's married to Sarah Jessica Parker. Mm-hmm. Right. Who, I mean, when you when you look at them now, it's like, wow, how did how did he... Pull that off. I mean, he's just this, like, <laughs> quiet, gentle man. But Ferris Bueller's Day Off shows, I think, maybe some of the most charm we get from him. That makes me think of, not that it's, they don't give two rips about whether I think that they're worthy for each other. <laughs> right. But it's like, oh, okay, I get it. Like, he does not feel out of place with Sloan. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I agree. Well, um, it, it, I think it's something about, so I, 
we should hate him. Um, yeah. Ferris is incredibly selfish. Um, but he's also so high school. <clears throat> like, like he's justifying the things that he does by saying it's for other people when really he just wants this day. But he also does care at the same time. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's so muddy that we should be so annoyed by him. And you've met so many kids that think they're Ferris. Well, yeah. I think it's... but. There's just something about him. I think the thing that helps it be palatable is the layer of unreality that we view this through. Like it's it's yes. real similar to the the like the band scene in 500 Days of Summer. Yes, it is. Like that kind of unreality of like like factually Ferris probably didn't have the entire city of Chicago thinking he was dying. Right. Probably didn't crash a parade but in the middle of the city. But that's just how it feels like. Love but it, it felt <laughs> like he did that. And so that's what we see. We see what it feels like, not what it is. Does that make sense? So this, I was telling Callie, yes. the credits rolled, well, the actual ending yes. rolled. And I I told Callie, this is a superhero movie. <laughs> yeah. You have to suspend reality. You have to suspend your disbelief and just enjoy what you're seeing and take it at face value and just say, if that's not what really happened, that's fine. But Ferris is a superhero. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he is a fallen, corrupted superhero that ultimately wants to do good. Like, his superpower is everything always goes his way no matter what. Yeah. So Catwoman. Right. Yeah. It is, <laughs> it is unbelievable. Yeah. And w w as I was watching and thinking about this, there were so many times where I was like, yeah, no way, but it's Ferris, so fine. The same yeah. way that you feel when Captain America holds a helicopter with one arm. like The way you said when The Rock holds a helicopter with one right, arm almost sounded like Captain America. My fault. That's weird. Wait, but he is Captain America. He is. Captain I Sam thought we all had that understanding that Dwayne The Rock Johnson is actually He's the America. actual Captain He's America. He's Captain Samoa. Yeah, <laughs> it's very good. But Ferris is such an interesting character. And I think we start where all good movies start, at the beginning. Mm. <laughs> Ferris is in bed, and he's not looking so hot. Hey, let's be really honest with the three of us. I think I know Doja's answer, because I'm finding out he's a really good boy. You ever play sick? Oh my gosh, yes. I did for sure. No. Yeah, not surprised. I would, I would I did <laughs> fake in the middle of the day to go home. Sure, yep. Like, I would go to the nurse and be like, oh, it feels... Yep. I want to try it. I've never done it. I, I want to try it. Maybe next time we're supposed to record the podcast, I'll just be like... Mm, it's not as fun as an adult because people will just believe start. you. <laughs> Your voice doesn't change that much when you. It does. When it. every time I'm like, yeah, no. I don't feel very. I don't think I can record the podcast today. Uh, See that? That's a that's a trick that you learn. Is that? Yeah, you're right. It doesn't change that much. If you're gonna well, fake, you can't. You 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 have to go just just beyond normal. Yeah. Try this on for size. I don't feel very good. No, I don't think I don't so, Ben. I don't think I can record the podcast. <laughs> we need to have a training montage of, like a Ferris Bueller's <laughs> Day Off training montage of how to get Dose to fake sick. So he gives you the rules, though. So his parents leave. <laughs> Which is great. His, his interaction with Another his parents is Another 500 Days so of Summer uh, vibe here. Yes. Like, I wonder if they got some... Well, no. It's not like if anyone talks to the camera, you know, if anyone breaks that wall, it's not just a Ferris Bueller thing. But His, like... His, <laughs> <laughs> like that whole thing is so funny. But when they leave and he pops up and he starts giving us the rules for faking sick, it's brilliant. Yeah. The the words on the screen yes. are so good. Yeah. His his direct to camera interaction is so good. Is this the first movie without a fourth wall that we've reviewed on the show? I don't think so. I can't think of what the I other one would be, but I feel like there's Oh Hitch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's true. 
Hitch. Hitch does it. My other favorite movie. Well, and then I mean, <laughs> if you count if you count it happening at all, it did happen in Five Hundred Days of Summer right at the very end. Yeah, that's true. Oh yeah, that's true. Never mind. That was so. a dumb thing to say. I think but, I'm, I think I'm sick. He breaks it very often, and what I appreciate is they don't do the the Save by the Bell like timeout to like go t- like oh, the world yeah. continues behind yep. Ferris. Yeah. As he's talking to you. Well, I, Ferris is 100% the nucleus of this entire world. Yes, yes. Everything happens around Ferris. Which is a very high school thing. I love like, it. I'm the center. Yep, but I love he, it. As he's talking to you, he's preparing his traps. It's very Home Alone, too, by the way. This Lost was Home Alone before Home Alone. Yeah. Like, very, like, I'm setting up, like, pulley systems to look like I'm in my bed when my parents come home, and I have recordings set up so that when somebody rings the door, but, like, that is all Kevin yeah. McAllister before the Kevin funny, McAllister. So the funny thing, uh, he said he can't, he doesn't have a car. Right. But he has a synthesizer, which in the 80s was, like, $8,000. <laughs> well, and he got a computer. <laughs> well, that's what, that's what Jeannie says. She's like, I got a car, he got a computer. So is, yeah. are they twins? Are they the same age? I think Jeannie's younger. She's probably Sloane's age, is my guess. Okay, I was, yeah. I was so she's thinking she's a grade. junior. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Matthew Broderick and what is that actress's name? Jennifer, Jennifer Grey. Grey. They were engaged. Like, they were married after yeah. this, right? Yeah, it was a super sad thing that happened to them. It was a, a car, fatal accident. car accident. Yeah, it was really bad. Yeah. Um, but she's married now to Agent Phil Coulson from the Marvel movies. Great. Yes, 100%. Ooh. When we keep this part One of in you and is faking is being wrong, right, it's going to be so good. I just watched Dirty Dancing <clears throat> last week and looked it up. Mm-hmm. Well, so Wikipedia says. <laughs> Wikipedia, Wikipedia. Wikipedia says they're Mary Carter. What, I mean, what do we no, think about Wikipedia? No, dude. You yeah. can't be in. You cannot See. come into the back to school. You can't. Series can't and use from, Wikipedia as an actual reference. Oh, you can't true. get you it can't from Wikipedia. That yeah. yeah I, <laughs> I just watched Dirty Dancing for the first time, actually, last week. And so you Dude, know I'm an IMDb not, boy. It is not a bad why movie. Did I think, why it's did I good. think Clark Gregg was married to Jennifer Connelly? That is uh, um, uh, Vision. Paul uh, Bettany. Yeah, Paul Bettany's married to Jennifer Connelly. Uh, Only um, one wife named Jennifer allowed in the MCU. Please. Please. Just no be more. considerate. So we're watching this. And when we were watching Dirty Dancing, I said, I told Callie, hey, baby is uh, Jeannie Bueller. That's Ferris Bueller's sister in the movie. And yep, she was yep. like, oh, okay, cool. She walks into the room and Callie goes, hey, that's baby from Dirty Dancing. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "A, you've seen this movie. Yeah. B, I just told you that. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. And now I can't get. I've had the time of my life out of my head. <laughs> Sorry, man. Didn't no, mean to ruin it. it's a great song too. Speaking of which, there's so many great songs in this movie, guys. The music was almost my super Same. pump for this movie because of things like "Let My Cameron Go," right? Uh, things like. Like uh, Donka Shane, Twist and Shout, the Genie song at the end. Like the way that the music just leans in. And like, again, the music is about the emotion. The music is what it feels like whenever, like when it zooms in on Ed Rooney and we have the like huge like orchestra thing of something's gone wrong when he thinks he's talking to Sloan's dad. Yeah. The way the music just fully commits to the bit there. Yeah. This was the 80s version soundtrack as a supporting cast member yes of like what baby driver did yeah not, not too long ago yeah um, it feels super similar and granted like, baby driver is way more precise and kind of written for sure yeah the movie but um so what was the one what was the song it's like boom oh how like what, what's the one uh when they're in Cameron, they're looking at the Ferrari, and that song plays a couple of times. <laughs> I don't know we keep this. What I song? told myself. Are you about the bow bow? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called Oh Yeah. Do no bow. <laughs> bow, bow. 
So that song, yeah, I was reading this, had a resurgence after this. <laughs> well, movie. It was like a nothing song, right? When it came John out. Hughes tried to pick several songs like that outside <laughs> yeah. of the ones that were like super classics because he was like, I want it to be. Just feel like it was yeah. just for the movie kind of thing. <laughs> I you need to know bobble, that bobble, I debated. Bobble, bobble. And again, <laughs> one of the good things about this show is we don't do outside of watching the actual movie and developing opinions for ourselves. We don't do a lot of prep. Yeah, no. like we want this to be organic we just in come here. Talk about it for me. This was some of the only coaching I've ever done myself. I was like, do I want to try? Because I can't exactly remember how this song goes. <laughs> you let- but I bet they pick up on it, and it really bothered me. And then I came in and did it. Just go out there and try, people. I screwed it up. <laughs> Yeah, just but give I it did a shot. It. We're here to tell you to follow your dreams. Believe in yourself. Also that one. <sighs> but yeah, the the music is hugely important. I was actually just about to bring up that song. Oh yeah, I mean the it once it comes into the movie, it it stays. It comes back a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now that move that song is forever associated with Ferris Bueller. Yep. Yeah. I mean it's the last song or it's the last sound of the movie. Yeah. As he comes out and you're still here. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And you can do that now and somebody will go, "Oh yeah, Ferris, oh, Ferris Bueller." Bueller. Yep. Which is Kind of awesome. This is the kind of movie that if I had directed and written one, it would be this vibe. I would love to have had something that was culturally relevant, like that was just uh, not even a cult classic. It's like something that can be referenced often. Yeah. It doesn't have to be some kind of Oscar-nominated film. Like, I would love to have something like this. Sure. Well, maybe that's maybe that's part of what Ben Stein is saying, too. Right. It's like... It's a time capsule. Like, this, this movie is our... Just a couple of good days. Like, yeah. I, maybe I feel that way just because we do a podcast, but like, this movie is our good day. There's going to yeah. be days when we just have to go to work and talk about Green Book or talk about Abduction <clears throat> by Taylor Lautner. <laughs> right. Movies we don't love, but we've got to talk about. Sure. But this is just our one good day that feels great the whole yeah, time. Yeah, right? I agree. Well, and I, I think what we might be slowly discovering as we're talking about this is we're, we're not really making our way through this plot, especially up front, because... The movie is about atmosphere. Like, yeah. that's what this movie is. So mm-hmm. we've got a ton of stuff. We've got Ferris figuring out his plan. He calls Cameron. Cameron is maybe my favorite character you know he in was this. 29 when I they know. filmed this? Yeah. I hope when I'm 29, I can pass for 17. I might be able to. People still think I'm 12. So <laughs> there's that. But Cameron, I think, I think he's my favorite character in the movie. Do you think... I mean, it's called Ferris Bueller's Day Off. But it feels like, and I'm looking at my story structure guy here for Doge of just knowing the anatomy of it. It's Cam's day off. <laughs> well, it feels like it's Cam's story. Right. Does it not? Because Is Ferris- he the only one? He's the only one with some kind of redemptive. Cam learns the only lesson. one with consequences. Like a discovery. Yeah. Cam learns a lesson. Cam has grows the actual changes. most at stake. Yeah. Ferris is like a force of nature. Yep. And it's like how it's like how Godzilla movies are all called Godzilla, but Godzilla doesn't have a character arc. Right. It's just a force of nature. That's funny. That's yeah. such a good reference. And yeah, because Cam definitely has the most poignant moments yeah. to me well, in the movie. The idea that... Okay, so Cam's my super pump. Love it. There I said it. Um, the idea that Cam is that he feels better when he's sick because there's something actually wrong and he doesn't have to look for something to be wrong now. Mm -hmm. That is such an insightful thing to put in this particular character. For real. Like just this idea of like his parents fight, his home life is miserable. So he's always looking for ways to either get attention or I think more accurately, some sort of tenderness, some sort of kindness leveled towards him. And so when he's actually sick, he feels better. Because it's like I don't have to try now. People will, people will come and care for me now. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like it's easy too. Like he kind of resists saying, like we, we don't get until the end any kind of indictment against the way his parents act. 
at the beginning, it's all oh, my dad's going to kill me. My dad's going to kill me. And then right. at the end, I, it's yeah. my old man is pushing me around. Pushing he doesn't me respect around, me. The way and he like, says that. But I think the thing is that he feels better when he's sick because then he can quantify. He's like, yeah. I know something's wrong. I feel something's wrong. Oh, good. It's because I'm sick. Right. Yeah. Rather and, than having to address the stuff that's actually messed up in his life. Yeah. There's well, uh, that little internal struggle and the thing that he has to discover about himself. I don't think there's a better setting to have something like that than a movie about like high, high school aged kids. Well, and yeah. about leaving that time period. Yeah. Particularly the idea yeah. of I've really only got the one or two friends and the one or two things that I like doing mm-hmm. and they're all going to be here when I go. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's tough. Yeah. And, and I, I think I love about Cam that we get to watch him process this through the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And we even get, it's so true to life. You can have a bad day mentally and be thinking about all these things and still have these bright shining moments throughout where you're cheering your friend on in a parade or yelling at batters at the Cubs game. Like those, those things are not mutually exclusive where it's bad day, good moments. They can't go hand in hand. Right. And so, um, yeah, I, th- I think I just love like where Ferris is the superhero force of nature, Cameron represents the very human elements of this movie, and I think yeah. that's why I like him so Excellent. much. Excellent. I love that very much. And speaking of humans, we got to talk about Ed Rooney. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, what one of our synopsis, I know, one of our synopsis said dean of students. Well, don't, isn't he just the principal? No, no he, he calls is, himself he, the dean of students. He calls himself oh, the dean Because he's trying to be a little yeah. extra. I think that's exactly right. Yeah. Yo, his secretary. His secretary. She's incredible. She's so funny. She's had a very prolific career since this. Have you looked her up on IMDb? Yes. Yeah. She's done like a ton of voice acting and things like that. She was in Zootopia most recently. Like, she's yeah. crazy. So funny. She's, she's so, so funny. funny. She's and a really righteous dude. Dude, her, <laughs> her moment. And that was ad-lib. I know. Everything, almost everything she did that was awesome was just her mind. Was the pencils? Please yes. tell me the pencils. That pen- the pencils, the pencils oh, was like John Hughes. So John funny. Hughes was saying, I, I wonder how many we can fit into this. Because her so hairdresser thing fell through. And she was yeah. like, I think my character would want to look like how she felt her prettiest, which was in the 60s. So my yeah, hair is going to be 60s. Same hairstyle. Yeah. So I'm just going to tease it out. And John Hughes was like, we can fit three in there, I bet. <laughs> and then they did. And then she's just pulling them out the very first time we That's see her. So which is so funny. funny. But her, her... Trying to answer the phone is Rudy. <laughs> Hold on. Where's the like? What is the most guttural masculine? Oh my gosh! Like she probably had never tried to sound like a man before in her life, and so she does it for the first time. It feels like that's the story. I'm the narrative I'm creating by the yes. way she performed that. And I want to I want to lock in on her for two seconds, just yeah. because her run through of everybody who loves Ferris, the dweeboys, the, the, the jocks. The, she she named that. If you could condense that into a fine powder and mix it into a milkshake, like a protein shake for breakfast, that's high school movies. Yeah. Yeah. That run through of like, here's all the clicks. That is so quintessential high school movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It reminded me of uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah. Or Mean Girls, which we'll get to. Like, it's very much click oriented. Yeah. And so I love that scene when she's running through every, and and of course we get Righteous Dude, which is a fantastic line. Yeah. (laughs) But when, when you have, a character as powerful as Ferris with a sidekick as moody and human as Kim and a girlfriend as dynamic as Sloane. Sloane's great. Sloane's a great character. And I was worried re-watching this for the first time in a while that it was not going to be that. She's great. Mm-hmm. Like, she has agen- agency. Yeah. She has independence and character and is not just— Which is so Hughes. I mean, right. usually it's a girl that's the— 
This is one of his only movies, right? Where a guy is the protagonist. Yeah, she was actually I mean, Molly Be- Ringwald was going to be Sloane, and then yeah. he decided no. And Beethoven, so, he's a dog, a boy dog. Did he do Beethoven? Yeah, weird. Beethoven one. That's funny. Good movie. I had no idea. Yep. But in this world, you need a foil, mm-hmm. and you need that foil to be just awful and represent everything that holds high school kids down, and that's Ed Rooney. He's a cartoon. He is Very a cartoon. Much. The the running Actually, he's a he's a real cartoon because he looks exactly like Nigel Thornberry. Oh like my 100%. god, hundred percent. I thought the wow. same thing. <laughs> Keep <Yeah. laughs> Um He one of my favorite scenes is when he's running down the hall, except he walks yes, in one of the doors. Of the windows. Oh my goodness. <sighs> I we I keep wanting to be like, oh dude, it's iconic. This movie's just iconic. Yeah. It's so hard to talk about it Swing without, without like, being like, you guys, Kennedy, Kennedy, Kennedy. Yeah. You guys remember that time when they pretended to be Sloan's dad? It was, no, awesome. it was awesome. I know. Yeah. It's so hard to not do that. With this <laughs> like one. the Chris Farley interview. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Did he die hard? <laughs> that was awesome. That was you awesome. Remember, remember when you said that song yesterday? Did you mean it? <laughs> yeah. But Ed is in a larger than life movie, a larger than life villain. And yeah. it really kicks into high gear. It's such a home alone vibe. I'm telling you, man, it's that Home Alone is just Ferris Bueller with a kid and violence. Well, that's exactly like, <laughs> I think that's what Ben Stein is getting at with the timelessness of this movie. Like, this is, for better or worse, this is a template that other movies have accidentally used or on purpose used. Sure. Yeah. As they're crafting their movie. I completely agree. Yeah. yeah. I completely agree. Well, and, and not to get too far into Marvel because we know that we can do that too easily sometimes, but like, you can see where. Um, Infinity yeah. Stones. Yeah, right. Exactly. You yeah. can see where uh, both Ferris of the is Spider-Man the most powerful movies. Infinity Stone. <laughs> Maybe both of the Spider-Man movies have followed this. Like, music plays a big role. Yeah. Like, there's a f- sense of freedom and a sense of like encroaching on that freedom. Yeah. I don't know. It's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think this movie became sort of the the measuring rod by which to see where other high school movies stand. Yeah. Um, which is good, I think. Or bad, it's funny because you a lot of it's not in a high school, right? But I it was is thinking so this is a day essentially off. high school. As I was watching that, I was like, "This is a weird choice for back to school, maybe because we'd have maybe five minutes in a school." Yeah, I'm there's just so many references skip, though. though. Yeah, he's like, true. you know where we could, you know where we would have been right now, gym class, and they're like cutting back to gym class. Right, like, all that stuff is so time funny. in school. Yeah, Genie's in school. Yeah, that's true. Okay, we don't have to talk ourselves into this movie being a high school movie. Oh, it's a high school movie. That's it is the high school movie. Some would say. Some say. So. Ed decides that he is going to go on a crusade against Ferris and his merry gang uh, after getting a call from Sloane's father, which was Cameron doing the best voice. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, no, you listen here. Like that, like nasally. That was a pretty good, that was a pretty good Cameron Camus. doing Mr. Peterson. It's not my first time I've tried it. <laughs> but, and I also love that he returns to that voice for every voice he does the in sergeant. this movie. He's Sergeant Peterson on the phone. Is he really? Yeah. He's oh, that's funny. Sloan's dad, I didn't the police officer. It's like his one yeah. play. Yeah. What if he is? What if he's Sloan's dad? And what if Ferris Bueller is his imaginary friend? <laughs> Wait, what if Cameron is Sloan's dad? Yeah. That is a real theory. Not that not that he's Sloan's dad, but that Ferris is a figment of Cameron's imagination. Like Fight Club? That, that Cameron has imagined Ferris to help him cope. Like Ferris is what Cameron thinks that he should be. That feels like the Rugrats were all dead thing. Where it it's is. Like, it oh, totally make it crazy. The text does not support that. That's just people watching Fight Club once and being like, I bet Everything every movie is, is that. secretly that deep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, after the phone call from Sloan's fake dad and a hilarious kind of slapsticky routine there. I mean, this is a, he's, he did like 
lampoon stuff too, right? Yeah. Did Hughes do anything like that? Yeah, he did the first vacation. Yeah. So did he really? Yeah. Oh. That's where that makes yeah. so much sense. Yeah. And uh, he takes Sloan out to the car. They can, uh, Ferris convinces Cameron to take the Ferrari, which is a big deal. Which is not actually a Ferrari, by the way. Right. But they... Is it really not? No, they got the... It's built to look like one. It's built oh. to look like one. They had two or three, actually, obviously, because you've got yeah. to... you got to crash it. And they take Sloan, and they begin their actual day off. Much like we will begin talking about their actual day off after we take a step over to Shout Announcements. Welcome to Shout Announcements. It's the part of the show where we give shout-outs and make announcements. Here we go. <laughs> We're going to give a big shout-out to Tyler Station, it's where we are, to Crumb and Kettle, it's fueling us, and to Podbean, because we pay you money and we put, put stuff on you. It's Podbean. Podbean. The, the website. I want to give a huge shout out to the people who have reviewed our podcast on iTunes and left very kind words and written reviews. That's people like Anna.Guthrie, people like Lufa Trupa, <laughs> and people like, here we go, Sankahekunisi. Ah, my favorite Mother of elf. Dragons. Yeah, I was oh, about to say, oh, my favorite elf from Lord <laughs> of the Rings. Uh, thank each of you individually in your own special way in which you deserve uniquely for leaving us a written review. Yes. Those reviews are a part of the total that we have right now, which is 180. Woo! We are 20 away. Ooh, so doggy. A week ago, when you heard we need reviews, we were at 175. So we're getting about, we're getting about five a week. And at that pace... We're going to check that box. We're going to make it. We're trying to be Rotten Tomatoes critics. Uh, to finish our application, we need those 200 reviews. But so that so doesn't right. mean we don't need. We still need them very badly to get there. Oh, yeah, for sure. We absolutely this do. This is like that thing of, I think it's called the bystander effect, where if you're in a crowd of people and you see a, somebody on a bicycle get hit by an ambulance, you're not going to go help because you're like, oh, somebody else is going to do it. So this is me pointing directly at you. Hey, you, review us. Nobody's going to do it. Except you. Yep. I have to apply pressure to this podcast so it doesn't bleed out. So you, take your <laughs> phone and review us. <laughs> um, we have, speaking of bleeding out. Oh, yikes. <laughs> we have uh, another movie. It's the third of four in our Back to School series. Did you just spoil a movie I've never seen? No. No, it's, it just says dead <laughs> in the title. <laughs> dead Poets Society. Yeah! We're yeah. reviewing that next week. It's We're taking a turn, but... It's going to be a good one because we've got Robin Williams and we've got a little more dramatic of a high school movie, but we thought we would just kind of throw that in there. Not that the other three are exactly the same, but it's going to be good. It stretches us a little bit. Yeah. Tune in next week for that. Might be controversial. My favorite dramatic performance from Robin Williams. Ooh, that's more, not controversial. More so than Good Will Hunting. Because, yeah, because Good Will Hunting, he got an Oscar yeah. and mm-hmm. this one he didn't. Right. Yeah. I, I've, again, I've never seen Dead Poets. I do love Good Will Hunting. Yeah. Very big. Wait, who this has is- not... So, Jordan, you are the only one who's not Dead seen Poets. Dead Poets Society. Okay. Right. Yeah. Dead Poets is good. It's the story of a kid who's, like, really good at math but doesn't want to go to school and then he wants he to, go to go see, to therapy. see a guy about a girl. It's great. Yeah. You're going to love it. Really good. So, y'all make sure, rate and review, and listen in next week for Dead Poets Society. And, of course, we're going to be keeping up with BIP. Obviously. Every week for the foreseeable future. Mm. Tasty, tasty BIP. Well... Guess we should hop back in our Ferrari and uh, cruise on into the podcast again. We're back. Ba- 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 <laughs> We're back. <laughs> back. <laughs> so <laughs> they drop off Cam's dad's Ferrari. Mm-mm-mm. Mistake numero uno. Yes. I think before that, is my super dumb. 
Oh. When they go to the really fancy restaurant, the no, major that's, that's They drop it off first. They drop it off first. Because they, they park and then they're on foot. Continue. <laughs> so they drop off Cam's dad's Ferrari. It's a big no-no. And the two guys take it on so a joyride. strange. The guy they got to play. Yes. He's really strange. I'm pretty sure he was actually a parking attendant in Chicago that John Hughes was like, do you want to be in this? I love that. Like I'm I almost, really I'm almost positive true. that that's I real. really hope that's true. That's amazing. Um, and so, yeah, they they take it on a joyride. It's the inciting incident for Cam's demise. Yep. They, they go one mile too far. One mile too far. <laughs> uh, did you guys notice? Obviously, you noticed that it plays the Star Wars theme yes. on their yep. joyride. Did you know that that theme is credited as Star Wars? No. In the credits of this no movie? No way. That's, yep. that's, that's hilarious. That's funny. Uh, the license plates were fun in this, too, if you noticed. Nervous. So that one yes. says nervous, but then the other ones are all references to some yeah, of John Hughes' biggest movies. There was a vacation one. Yeah. There was a Breakfast Club one. Yeah. yeah it's all There's one that said Beethoven. And that didn't even come out yet. It just yet. said Beethoven. It just said Beethoven. This, it said, this is Beethoven's well, it's car. It's like what Pixar dog. did. They did it before Pixar was doing that yeah. kind of stuff. So let's talk about uh, the restaurant. Yes. Superdump, the Major D. The the okay. guy in the front. I don't know what it is. And this makes me feel... I don't know why. Just... <sighs> my Superdump feels like it's coming from an awful person. Me being the awful person. Okay. It just doesn't like something about this guy. But it feels appropriate for Ferris Bueller's day off to be this way about a Superdump. Sure. His face is too small for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's legitimately it. Carter! His face is so small. I feel it's Seinfeldian right now. He looks like, oh, he looks so like, funny. and I don't know which is which. He looks like either Beavis or Butthead. And I, I don't it's know which like, of the two it is. He looks like Ratatouille. I was going to say. Remy. Yeah. yeah. Remy? It's like how Edgar, a giant cockroach, in Men in Black, finds a man's body and lives inside of it. Like oh, a rat. Kafka. A rat has found a small face and lived <laughs> in it. Like, I don't like this guy at all. And if he was gone, this movie's perfect. He looks like if <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris went to the state fair and someone drew a mean caricature of yeah. him. <laughs> so there, there are so many good funny movies where there's just, oh, like, oh my God, I can't wait for this part. Like Father of the Bride, the yeah. guy who, who plans the wedding, the wedding planner. Yeah. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Like, there's a, a store that we go to and we meet somebody. Hilarious. They stand out. Uh, they If there's a sequel, they just come back and they weren't intended to. Right. This guy felt like he was trying really hard to be to that. To be that. It's so... And that's what's so weird because I was like, wait, a lot of these people are caricatures because Rooney is totally just like... Yeah. Play, it's the same play. He's screaming when he shouldn't. Why is this guy in charge of kids? But this dude, the the extra piece is a small face. I don't like it. Super dumb. <laughs> okay. That's fair. Fair enough. Get past that tiny face. And now I can really enjoy this podcast. <laughs> this is when we start running into Ferris's dad, right? I love yeah. how it was a pause because we don't know how to recover I, I don't know on how, to how much I hate super the tiny face. This is like, <laughs> like the rich guy oh, stuff. Well, <laughs> it is. Did somebody with a tiny Patrick face hurt Dempsey? you deeply? Yes. Did rich people hurt you? Yeah. <laughs> Did somebody with a small face hurt you, Carter? Probably. So this is this is when we begin the like <laughs> ongoing sequence of almost bumping into Mr. Bueller. Love I it. love this. It's so and like the number I remember as a kid not understanding. Like I thought they were caught outside of the restaurant and then they ran away again because they're so close to him. Yes. <laughs> I was very confused, but it's all so good. Yeah. Like just the narrow misses and the way that it like they take the cab, the next cab pulls up so he doesn't even notice. All of that is amazing. What about the narrow miss? Because it has shown up a lot in movies that we've reviewed recently. Either that or it's been three times and it stands out to me. Right. What about that? 
has people still using it? Like, what does that do for us that we enjoy it still? Like, why does that, that not feel like a trope to me? It's built in. T- it is a trope, but it's it's a it's a fine trope. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's, it's it feels, done well. It feels different. This is not the same as the kids in Jurassic Park hiding in the kitchen and the raptors are looking for them. Right. It's like, oh, that I hope they don't see us because we're in the same place. Like, that's legitimately that's danger. This feels more along the lines of it's more comparable to like you're in the grocery store and you see somebody you don't want to talk to. The stakes are low, I think. Right. I mean, in, in this, they're high. But, I mean, it's your dad. But it's your high dad's school Your dad's going to see you. You yeah. know what I mean? That's not as high of a stake as you're going to get eaten by a velociraptor. Right. right. And, but in some cases, too, in some of the movies we've done, both parties are oblivious. Right. They have no yeah. idea that they're—like in uh, Emperor's New Groove. Sure. Neither of them know that they're missing <laughs> each other. Second thought, make my potatoes a salad. Yeah. 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 All that stuff. Um, so, Rooney, at this point, is at the home of Gosh. Bueller's. And as much as—so, I, I, I love all of this, and I want to talk about how much I love all of this. This is also my super dump, though, because it it feels like things get a little weird with, like, relationships in this point. Specifically, like, when Jeannie comes home and, like, for some reason doesn't recognize her principal and he seems to not recognize her. But then later on, they know each other, like, and she yeah. knows that it was, like— That should have been— It just gets that, a that little felt like an easy loose. Fix. And then also it's like— He's going to go to jail. Like, he yeah. he is breaking and entering into this home, and he also hit a dog on the head with a pot that would kill it. So it's it's super just a dumb. lot of— Yeah, it's my super dumb. Super dumb is, for me, not necessarily the dog, but how the, the slapstickiness of this part just gets so removed from reality that it becomes boring to me. Hmm. Like, the whole time I'm watching Rooney try and break into their house, I'm just— It's probably my least favorite part. Ready I to love get back the to the tiny face. Yes. But I here's the thing. That made me feel icky because yeah. I hate that like it, sound when it like ugh. suctions well, out. and just wet socks. And, yeah. Ugh. The, uh, uh, hang on. I have to tell this. I don't like dirt. When I was a kid, I wouldn't play in the sandbox because I was going to get dirt under my fingernails. <laughs> anyway, I don't know that I'll ever have another chance to tell that story. That's good. So here we go. There it is. I'm that? glad that I got that off my chest. Realizing more and more that Doge is Tony Shalhoub's monk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I was going to say like, I hear I hear the defense of the the slapstickiness of that yeah. like well it just that's what it feels like when your principal's after you like I don't he, know. Yeah. it just felt like he broke into his house you know because we've used that to excuse the parade and to sure. excuse some of the other fantastical stuff so yeah it's it's closer to the um who's the guy hunting down Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds in proposal oh uh, the I can't remember his name it's closer the, to whatever that role is yeah and like this is sure. a little bit out of your way I love yeah I love that Ferris gets caught. Despite his own brilliance, because his tape repeats. Yeah. Like, I yeah. think that's great. Yes. Um, I love... For all you kids listening now, that's called a tape. It's like an MP3, but you can hold it. Yeah, it's not like the stuff that sticks things together. Right. Yeah, that's called tape. tape. That's also tape. But I, I also love the glimpses into the Bueller's life that we get while he's breaking in. Like, all the flowers showing up for Ferris that's at the house. Hilarious. And all this. How did those get inside? Right. Who Dog answered the door? The dog Everybody the crawled through the dog door. So here's here's the thing. There's so much good happening here. It just is also simultaneously my super dump. Yep. That's I where that. I land, basically. With a movie like this, when I'm super dumping, I have to just say, what do I love the least about this sure. movie? Sure. Yeah. That, and that's part of it, I think. <clears throat> you, I mean, n- no movie's perfect, so there's always going to be something to find like that. Right. If you dig hard enough. Yeah. Um, but speaking of digging, he does basically murder a dog. Dogs dig. That was my connection there. Mm. Yeah, not cool with that. But he goes to that that arcade 
looking for Ferris. Is that before he goes to the house? Yeah. And he sees them the at house. the Cubs game? Or he doesn't see he them doesn't at the Cubs come game. To the Cubs he just game. misses That's another, another near miss. Both black oblivious. parties are oblivious. Yeah. We miss, we, we get uh, swing, bada, 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 yes. bada, bada, swing, so, bada. What's the so score? Good. Zero, zero. Who's, Who's winning? winning? <laughs> the Bears. The Bears. I almost <laughs> wanted, like, there was just a lot of scenarios where I would have been the hunk today. I mean, we just need to, we need to live with that. Um, but I did go to Chicago this year and catch a foul ball at Wrigley Field. Did you really? Yeah. Dude, so, I, so I've been winning? to Chicago Bears. Uh, wow. I've been to Wrigley like many times. Really? Actually, yeah. My the, my dad, my is uh, grandpa. Yeah, That's why you Wrigley. have gum all. You're offering gum yeah. all the time. Wrigley wonders. Die hard, die hard Cubs fan. And there was a time, uh, a couple times in high school that it was like, hey, we're just gonna go to Chicago, go catch a Cubs game. Dead gum it, man. It, it was, was awesome. awesome. Yeah, Wrigley's great. I love I love any time we get to see it too. Yeah. I too have been places. Like I love that you're trying to carry on a conversation or either kill a conversation about sports was who was winning. <laughs> like nobody says that when they talk about wait, who was winning? He was making a joke about what Rooney says in the bar, Carter. When you went, who was winning? Probably not the Cubs. <laughs> they, they weren't Those good at that Cubs. time. No, this season. Maybe <laughs> next this year. Season. <laughs> My team. <laughs> That's the extent of my sports knowledge. We've officially exhausted it. So okay. we go to the museum. This was almost my super pump for this movie. I love it was my museum. super pump for this movie. It's your super pump? Mm-hmm. <gasps> Talk Either about way. it. Yeah. This is, how long was this? Maybe two, 90 seconds to two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. If even. This is just the most wholesome, happy. Yes. Cut, like scene I've ever seen in a I movie. love when they're holding hands with the field group. The, the music kids. is perfect. Yeah. Field trip. And the museum's hold a special place in my heart too. I was engaged at the Dallas Museum of Art. And so I've always loved that vibe. And somehow it captured how I feel when I'm around something like that. Yeah. Um, and it just felt so, it was so good for John Hughes because um, I think sometimes we forget that filmmaking is an art form. Right, yeah. And so to be in what we what we tend to find most tangibly as art, <laughs> to be in that setting, sure, within a setting, um, it was so good. And the way that they were standing... Uh, and the way that they were each looking at, I wanted to just kind of pause at several things and be like, what else was he trying to say here? Like, was there a significance to the picture they were in front I of? I kind of don't think so. I don't think there was either. I think it was just a group of friends mocking and appreciating at the same time, but like mocking the poses. Yeah. And like, yeah. I just loved it. This whole, it's so good. Yeah. This whole vibe is something for me that I, there's, there's a bucket that I can put this into with a lot of other things in my life. Um, that there's just not enough of it. Yeah. Well, it's not that scene, this, the museum scene, scene is not something I appreciated as a kid. No, me neither. It, I was so bored by it. Yeah. And now it's like, it's one of my favorite parts. Yeah. It's so fun. And it's I think great. you're right. It's wholesome. Wholesome, it's just, I think, is the word go. to describe it. I love yeah. that they chose on the day off amidst being in a parade and getting a dad Ferrari and stuff. They went to a museum, right? Yeah. And it's Chicago. That like, would speak pro- to you, I think, yeah. There's a lot of stuff that they could have done. Sure. Yeah. The bean. Yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> which didn't even exist at the time. Instead of the no museum. No beans yet. Yeah, no, no beans. No beans in Chicago. Anyway. Um, aquarium, zoo. Like, they could have done right. something yeah, else that would have been stuff. funny, but they chose a museum and I loved that. Super, super pumped. Yeah. Do, do we even need to talk about the parade other than it's awesome? So the construction workers is B-roll. Those yeah. were actual construction workers dancing that are to dancing. The music. Yeah. I love that. John Hughes was just like, film it. It's all good. Dude, that could have been 20, 30 minutes. I read a trivia. Maybe I just don't remember this. The The group of people dancing on the stairs is from Thriller. Is it the same crew? Are they the same dancers from Thriller? I guess. I mean, I'm, I I could see I that. Just, they, didn't look, fun, like, they didn't look like monsters, that's what so I'm, I couldn't that's tell. What, yeah, I was right? For many it, reasons, like, they're what? unrecognizable, so... 
But yeah, uh, something about Thriller, like it, I don't know. It was weird, but that's funny. That's interesting. I love it all though. That was all very dream sequency though. I could have watched the parade. I think you're exactly right for 20, 30 minutes. Like yeah. uh, just riveting. Well, and because of the way that this movie is, we're not going, how do you get up there? Why is everybody cool yeah. with this? Why are people letting right. him do this? It's just like, well, it's fair. When did he have the time to train with these people and know exactly what the song is? Right. His hair looks great too, by the way. It does. Just FYI. But <laughs> this is when we also get one of my favorite cam scenes, which is walking with Sloan yes. trying to find Ferris after the, the parade yes. and just going like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, Ferris is good at everything. I'm not good at anything. Yeah. And yeah. It, she this says- pointing she back says, to it. It feels like Cam's story. Right. Yeah. When Sloan says, what are you What are you interested in? That's what you should major in. He says, absolutely nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, me neither. Right. Yeah. Um, and it, it, I don't know, it's just so human and so yeah. personal. It's really good. I mean, I I felt that. I still feel that when I'm thinking like, what am I going to do? You know what I mean? Like, right. what are you interested in? Absolutely nothing. Just, I want to have a good time right now. Right. It's yeah. hard to remember the things that interest you when you're in a place that is so like bleak yeah. feeling. John Hughes has a certain wrapping for like the presence of his plots that is not trying to hide it from you and then like, subliminally say this is what this is about. Right. But like in here, it is very much about like at that age. And again, the reason it's also timeless is it, you don't have to be a high schooler to not know what you're going to do with your life. Sure. Yeah. And that comes up a lot. The same way that like Breakfast Club was like, you know what? We're a lot more alike than people say we are. It's kind universal. of breaking clicks and stuff like sure. that too. But he is he does feel very universal all the time. And yeah. I'm so glad, honestly, that he had a short career. Yeah. I'm glad that it was yeah. just seven or eight movies because it had no chance for diluting anything that he's ever done. And it just feels like... Was the eighth movie Beethoven? Maybe. It might have been. I forget. I always forget about that one. We should do a Beethoven series. All <laughs> no, like we 30 should of them. And uh, yes. <laughs> but um, yeah, love that. Love that moment. And I love the moment too uh, after the parade where... Uh, Cam is just trying to, he's like, what would you say, zombie state? He's for a catatonic. While? So they, yeah, they pick up the car. <laughs> they've d- roughly doubled the miles that were on the car. Yep. Cam's freaking out. He goes catatonic and they try and fix him by slapping his face a bunch. Uh huh. And then they, uh, I love imagining the process of walking him up to sit on the chair on the diving board <laughs> in his catatonic state. Yeah. And I found myself being caught up in that last night of like, how did they even get him out there? And they're like, it's Ferris Bueller, Stop. man. Yeah. It's atmosphere. Stop. What are you doing? Yep. And uh, he takes a dive into the pool, literally, and he gets pulled out and we get my favorite line of the whole movie, uh-huh. which is, Ferris Bueller, you're my hero. <laughs> and he's just being a silly boy. Yeah. Because so, he thinks that it's still fixable. Yes. Yeah. Cam and Ferris. So Matthew Broderick and, what is the actor's name who plays Cam? Alan Ruck. Yep. Those two had actually done a show together. Yeah, they were already Like a stage show together. And so they had built some camaraderie already, which is great. And you can see that even more. I I love the little bits like that to where it's like, oh, they're legitimately friends. Yeah. That makes it even better. So essentially, reversing a car doesn't take miles off of it. Who knew? I did. But who knew? (laughs) Uh, Actually, now that I think about it, I might have known that because of this movie, which is very funny. Yeah, I think that's the reason I know that. But it's a brilliant plan. Up until it's not, when Cam finally, I love this moment. It's so cathartic for him to like break free of the oppression of like his parents' anger and their controllingness. This and, felt like the longest monologue. Yeah. In the yeah. whole movie. And he, I, I made fun of it earlier, but the way he says, my old man's always pushing me around. Yeah. Like it, around. Yeah. It gets so, yeah. Uh, it's like he doesn't know how to get out. 
these feelings he's never expressed before. Right. So they come out awkwardly. Well, and I think I think him taking it out on the Ferrari is taking it out on his dad. Yeah. Not even symbolically. Like it is so like full mm-hmm. circle here. And, then, and I'm glad we never see his dad, right? Yes. We don't ever see either his of his dad. parents. And I love that. That's great. And then because it could be anybody. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When you don't show the parents, it could be anybody's parents. Cam's anger explodes in the car. <laughs> reverse crashes through the window into the forest, and that's that. There goes any hope of salvaging the car. But I, I think what we're left with is, I think that the car doesn't necessarily represent Cam's dad, but more his current relationship with his dad. Because to me, it feels like when the car crashes, it's still cathartic. Like, it's scary, but it's still like, Sure. Now we can get past the car. Right. It's it's yeah. like the conversation that Cam and Sloan have at the parade that we just referenced, that he doesn't know what on earth he's going to do with his future. I think in this moment, he might be realizing, well, right now, maybe more of what I'm doing in my future isn't career-based, but like relationship-based yeah. with my dad. Yeah. So at this point, it was a catalyst for, I know the next step. Mm-hmm. It's scary, but I know the next step. Well, I think yes. it's something. I think it's being sick. Yeah. There's something wrong for real now. Yeah, absolutely. And so he feels comfortable in it. Um, it's really, it's really a cool ending to Kim's story. Yeah, I, I have a soft spot for Kim. I get the, the high anxiety part of him right. for sure. And then, the backyard sprint. Backyard sprint. Real quickly though, can we talk about yes. where they're coming? Where Jeannie and Mom are coming from? Oh yeah, Jeannie yeah. gets arrested for Shh. making a fake nine one one call, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we have Charlie Sheen. Such a weird scene. Yeah. But weird, I, really weird sheen. Nice. But uh, so the trivia here was, and I, I had different emotions about it. So the trivia was that Charlie Sheen, to make it look like he was strung out, didn't sleep for 48 hours before. Right? So for anybody to tell that story, it, they probably have to hear it from Charlie Sheen. Who, yeah. Who says, oh, I didn't. I'm sure that's I didn't what sleep I would for 48 say hours. Charlie Sheen. Right. But then again, Homie's playing he's someone who is strung, strung out. out. Yeah, he yeah. probably was just strung out. He's strung out. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, Charlie Sheen is 100% on drugs in this scene. Yeah. Yeah. There's every chance. Knowing that that who is he is. What happened. Okay, Very cool. Much. I just and want to put that out there. I, I love the final funny. connection that he was going to point her towards Ferris as the guy that can fix her problem. There's an entire cut storyline with this guy. You read that? Yep. Maybe that explains why this feels like it doesn't belong in the movie. Like, I've always thought that this Did it feel thing, like a strange cameo or something? Because like was strange, he that big of a deal yet? Was well, Hot Shots and stuff yet? The thing is that I, I feel like Jeannie's story doesn't doesn't go anywhere until suddenly it goes everywhere. I, I feel that. Like she's the same character until about two minutes. She does a complete 180 turn and covers for Ferris at the end. I think, for, to me, I've, I've always interpreted it as her making out with Charlie Sheen's character was the rebellious thing that she needed to get out of her system. She was mad that Ferris always cuts school and does the rebellious stuff, and then she did her rebellious thing, and now she's oof, she's okay. Right, she right. she, yeah. she kind of got it out, and That's she's it. good now. That feels like a weak character motivation, but sure, yeah, but could it, certainly be it. It's a high school, much more diluted version of what Cam goes through. Yes, yeah, absolutely, yes. Um, and so Ferris is running late. He's gonna get beat home if he's not careful. So he sprints. We get the that song thing that happens, and he runs, and I don't know, ruins a bunch of families. Backyards and evenings. This happens a lot in movies too. It does. They're going through different scenes and, and stuff. And the slow-mo, I mean, he, nobody's ever taken longer to come down off a trampoline bounce than Ferris <laughs> at the end of this movie. I know. And then he's caught by Ed. Mm-hmm. Right at the end. 
And it looks like it's all over for our hero with Ferris. With a ta- torn and tattered pant leg. Like, <laughs> he even gets the key. Why did he put his this? shoe back on? <laughs> it was worthless. Who knows? Oh, Maybe he had out. Super, I changed my super. I'm kidding. <laughs> and then Jeannie rescues him mm-hmm. for reasons unknown to me other than... <laughs> yeah. The only thing I can think of is like, if he's going to get caught, it's going to be on my terms kind of a thing. Yeah. Mm. But he gets up to bed. He takes the baseball that I guess was in his pocket all day. In his bed. I think it was just in his bed. No, I think it's the one he caught at the Cubs game. Really? That's the fly ball from the the Bears game? I I always assumed that. (laughs) That would make sense. And then he throws it at his billion dollar stereo system. Nails the power button because Ferris. And lands in the glove. Yes, which is great. And then rolls over, fake asleep. Okay, I love you, daddy. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Like, so funny. Is yep. this the time to say that Matthew Broderick is my super pump? Yes. Because he is unbelievable in this movie. He did so much for keeping the, like, family party, like, vibe on set from what I was reading. Yeah. That's so cool. Because almost anyone involved with this said it was just so much fun. But I think that happens with Hughes films in general. There's a lot of behind the scenes That he just creates a great environment. Yeah. On, on the Blu-ray that I have. I didn't get to watch it the other yeah, night. Uh, oh, including, cool. including that Ben Stein, this was like his first cinematic thing he, he'd ever done. He he's an actual, that thing. Well, he's an actual well, he's professor. Economics, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. He got a degree or in economics. Degree, he's not a professor. They were, yeah. they were like, come in and talk about something you know about. He, it was a six degrees of separation is how he got the job, and it starts at Richard Nixon. Yeah. That's wild. And then it ends up at John Hughes. Yeah. Crazy stuff. That's crazy. I totally agree with you. Matthew Broderick is phenomenal in this. Um, if not for Cam, absolutely my super He's, Yeah, He is so unique. He is. There is nobody like him. Mm-mm. That charm is, it's reaching Ryan's levels. Yeah, and that feels like a weird thing to say about a movie star, because it's like, for you to be popular, you need to be, be. One, kind of one yeah. of a kind, right? But, yeah. you know, it's funny that we had two... Of his movies so close together with Lion King and Ferris Bueller. That's the real, so the similar. real Lion King. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, as the credits roll, we get a scene that actually was from an earlier part of the movie and got cut for the credits, which uh, mm-hmm. is Rooney walking and getting picked up by the school bus. It's So something I love about John Hughes, he is not afraid of a long scene. Yeah, right. He's not afraid to let something play out and run its course and, and really go on. Very, that's the only thing in common with it, but very different. It's like a, a Denis Villeneuve type thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I agree. You know, but it's... I'm going to make you remember I'm in control. Yeah. <laughs> and this, this bus scene is so long and so funny. Yeah. It's incredible. Bet you never smelled a real school bus before. <laughs> These gummy bears have been in my pocket, so they're warm and soft. Ugh. <laughs> oh, he throws it. Oh, it's so funny. So, can we rate this movie? We can, indeed. Yes, we can. We here at Two Chunks and a Hunk have perfected the art of rating movies using the scientific cinema scale, much like what Ferris would have learned about at school. Wow, that sentence <laughs> ran away from me. <laughs> I got speed wobbles that's like the, on a skateboard. That's the John Hughes. You're not afraid of a long sequence. <laughs> that's perfect reference. Oh, wow. <laughs> Like, I'm on the phone with you, and you just now told me you're on a skateboard. But like, oh, okay, right. that makes sense. <laughs> uh, so the best thing we could ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it. Buy, buy that, that poster. poster. After that is buy it, then rent it, followed by stream it, and then forget it. And last, but certainly least, the worst thing we can ever say about a movie. God, God hath forsaken, forsaken us. us. I'll go first. So it is a buy it. It is not a buy the poster. It is a buy it. 
because I don't know. It's it's in comparison to other by the posters that I've had. I do enjoy School of Rock more than Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and that feels very un-American of me to say, or a, of like a movie fan. Um, there are so many points about it that I love. It just felt like there were things we could have done without, like sure. certain things of like, and it didn't flesh out very well. And I'm not I'm not just like a sucker for plot points, you right. know? And it's it's just, it's one of the closest to buying the poster that I've ever had. Um, but it's a buy it, which is like the second highest thing for me. Um, it is for you too. Uh, just because I, it, there is just so much joy. And the thing that I read from Ben Stein earlier, like it's that, it's this timeless thing that just kind of gives us a break sometimes from the mundane. Yeah. So I love it. Poster. Easy poster. Easy, easy, easy poster for me. I remember the first time I saw this movie, I was completely amazed because I didn't know movies could be like this, that they could have that layer of unreality. Well, I said this last week too. Maybe the easiest poster I've ever given a movie on our show. And the week before that. And the week before that. Yeah, I keep saying that, don't I? This <laughs> but is amazing. There's nothing wrong with it progressively. This is an amazing movie. movie. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, it's it's a buy that poster for me as well. Um, I, Which pains me because I, I typically like to be a little stricter on movies, but I'm just following my gut with this series. And I mean, I would hang Ferris in my living room. Yeah. I was say, if I had that poster, you know it would be on my wall. Oh, it'd be so awesome. And and it's been a favorite of mine for a long time too. There's some longevity playing into things here where yeah. I, I remember the first time I watched it and I, I've probably seen this movie a dozen times mm-hmm. and I love it every time and it, yeah. it never loses the appeal to me. So yeah, it's, it's a poster. Don't forget to tune in next week as we talk about Dead Poets Society, the third installment of our Back to School series. Mm-hmm. And in order to sign out of this episode, I'd like for us each to say our name and what song we would sing in a parade. For Two Chunks and a Hunk, I'm Jordan Wonders. And strictly for crowd interaction alone, I'm going Mr. Brightside. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It'd be great. I'm Doge, and if there's one thing I know about parades, it's that teens love them. So I would sing <laughs> Fortnite, the Baby Shark song, and <laughs> floss aggressively the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that snort was awful. I'm oh, sorry. I've had so many things run through my head, but I'm gonna just land here. And what I would sing is what better what better for a parade in Chicago in the 80s than some Sean Paul? <laughs> <laughs> and I would just start on be like Sean Paul and Sasha, sing for the ambient. Would you and just then do the like right? Shakira? It's the I got the right turning you. Oh girl. I- I also think it would be fun to have that many people because no one really knows the words to any Sean Paul song to just see them all be like, that'd be very good. Yeah. Either that or Amazing Grace. (laughs) You're still here? It's over. Go home. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.